Welcome to our YouTube channel. As you take time to listen to God's word today with us, we believe that your faith will be strengthened up each day and we hope that this sermon will be a blessing to you as well as your family. So we are in this series called Dream home right and we have been hearing on how God you know designs a family and why does God calls a family together and why last week how is a sacred family created amen what does a sacred family mean and what builds a sacred family and we we saw on how biblical traditions build a sacred family we saw on how meeting and eating together build sacred families and how praying and worshiping together build the sacred family and even this week i want to say a little bit about a sacred family what is a godly family right godly family is not a family who's never fought who's never had problem you know it's not even biblically right if you're not fighting because in genesis the fight came in chapter 2 babies came in ch chapter 4 okay so fights do come problems do come okay it doesn't mean that we are not following the godly family but how does it mean that we are being a godly family is when a sacred family is in the design of god i think the joke has just sinking in now it's okay right so the sacred family is a design of God whatever God has designed the family to be and if a family is under the design of God it's a sacred family a family that sees itself as an instrument of building God's purpose and not just happiness a family that doesn't say i don't feel very happy about this or you don't feel very happy about this so let's change things but a happy family is always an instrument that builds God's kingdom A godly family is a preview of heaven. All right? Wait a minute, don't get scared, okay? If some might feel like if fa- if heaven is going to look like my family, let me skip heaven. All right? No, I'm not talking about the whole picture. A godly family gives a glimpse of how heaven will look like where people are together in one accord. Amen. Worshiping one God. Amen. Setting their eyes on one God and where this love and joy and unity. Amen. Our marriage and our families is a preview of heaven. It's a team that is built not just to satisfy one another but to build something divine. Amen. Because family is something that mirrors God. All right? Family is something that mirrors God. Let me tell you in Genesis when God created a marriage, when God created a family, it completely reflected on who he is. Amen. Marriage is a publicly recognized event, right? In the same way, God is a person who also publicly recognizes his commitment to people. Amen. And marriage is a permanent commitment. There is no turning back. It shows on how our God also has a permanent commitment towards his people. Amen. Marriage is about intimacy, a relationship that is so close, a bond that is so close. And God desires for an intimate relationship with his people. Amen. So marriage and family is something that reflects God himself. And marriage is something that was birthed in God's heart. It was God's desire. 
And when there is something that God is so interested about, when God is working on something so diligently and so closely, there is this person who's not happy about it. There is this person who's so obsessed with God's kingdom that he's walking around like a roaring lion to steal and to kill. He's so obsessed with, I don't know if we are so obsessed with God's kingdom, Satan is definitely obsessed with God's kingdom. He is in the business of destroying what God is trying to build. And marriages and family is something that God is always trying to build. Amen. And we have to understand that we will have wars that is waged against our families. Amen. Amen. One beautiful thing about uh, marriage and family is not your commitment to another person. Amen. That's what sometimes we think in our, in our, in our wedding event. We said, uh, I give myself to you and I will live with you until death do us apart in, in poor or in rich, in wealth or in poor, or in death or in life. And we give our you know, vows to our um, partner, uh, but the commitment is not to just that person. We have to understand a family and a marriage, the commitment is to the unity. Amen. The commitment is to the unity of two people living in God's design. Sometimes when our, our spouse disappoint us, sometimes when our spouse are not living up to our expectations, or sometimes when things are not working out, we still say you stay united because our marriage commitment is not for the other person itself, but for the unity that God has put in a family. And that's why families never give up on each other. Our children, our husband, our wife, we never give up on each other. Amen. And we got to fight for them. Say amen to that. We got to fight for them. You know, we always, you know, think families are happy. It is true, it is happy. And we feel like, yeah, there is fight that comes and that goes. And, you know, some days are very good, some days that are really bad. Uh, I think it's because of uh, people around us or I think it's because of my spouse. Uh, you know, they are not in a good mood. Uh, my wife is having a mood swing. Uh, my husband is too busy. You know, we bring up some reasons like this because the marriage or the family is not working out. But if we open up our eyes and see, it's not our spouse that's attacking us it's not our children who are attacking us but it is the Satan that is trying to wage a war against the family's unity amen if we can turn our Bibles to uh, second uh, first Peter chapter 5 verse 8 to 9 can we uh, read it out together be alert and of sober mind, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in faith because you know that families of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. Amen. We should know that we are no special family that Satan will not come for us. Each one of us sitting here, we are under divine governance. Even if you're not married, the, God, the, the family that God is preparing for you is a divine design that God is creating. And Satan is going to wage war against it even before you get married. Even before you become a family. 
And even after we become a family, the Satan has an eye on us. And this morning, I want to talk to you about our spiritual warfare and guard your garden. Today's topic, the title of the sermon is called Guard Your Garden. God has put you in the garden of family and there is always an attack on us. Our work does not just stop in building a sacred family, but our work continues in protecting our sacred family. And be it a husband or a wife, it's your united effort to fight for your family. Church, we have to understand that spiritual warfare, if, you, if we are not careful to understand spiritual warfare, we always affirm the problem and attack the people. We affirm the problem and say, okay, the problem is real and, the pro and the, I'm going to attack my spouse, right? I'm going to be talking to them. I'm going to be praying for them. I'm going to give them time out. I'm not going to talk to you for a week, you know? I, know, I don't know why you all are smiling. I'm, I'm sure you're not doing that, you know? But if we know that our families are under a spiritual warfare, we will attack the problem and affirm our partners. We will affirm our children. And it's very careful to be discerning to see if the Satan has launched a war against your family. And in spiritual warfare, these three things are very important to remember and understand. Right? In your spiritual warfare, it is just like a battle. You're putting your armor on. You're getting ready. Remember these three things. Who your king is. Who is your king? Who is your commander? Who is the one giving you the command? Who is your king? And the second one is, what are you fighting for? What are you fighting for? Are we fighting for our people? Or are we fighting for the standard and attacking our people? Whom or what are we fighting for? And whom are you fighting with? Whom are you fighting with? In our families, as united, we have to fight against the spiritual or the, or the demonic, uh, you know, satanic evils and plans that has been planned against our families. And that's what we are fighting against. Remember who your king is. What are you fighting for? And whom are you fighting and also, it's, re it's, it's, it's really amazing to know that what you, you're fighting for determines how you fight. What you're fighting for determines how you fight. You know, if someone told me, uh, Jemmy, you have to, uh, you know, uh, what is really hard to do? Mm. Uh, you, you know, if they say, you have to jump off a cliff, okay, where you won't die. Okay, where you won't die, but you might just have some fractures and things like that uh, in order to get a puma shoe. Okay, I'll be like, no, thank you. You know, no thanks. Right? But if they told me, Jamie, you have to dump, jump off a cliff where you will get minor injuries in order to save your daughter. I'll be ready to do it a hundred times. Right? What you're fighting for determines whom you are fighting. And how you fight determines what you are fighting for. And we are fighting for our families. We are fighting for our families. So it can take you to any extreme. It can even lead us to spiritual you know, uh, um, compression or depression or disappointments. But we are going to go to any extent to say, I am going to fight for my family. 
because they matter, because they are important. Unity will always have a spiritual warfare because when there is unity, there is growth. When there is unity, there is power. When there's unity, there is purpose. When there is unity, God's will is fulfilled. And when there's unity in our families, there is going to be a spiritual warfare. Now, what is a spiritual warfare? Is when God is trying to establish something in your family. When God is something, when God is trying to establish something in our children's life. When God is like saying, I'm going to step in and do something. Satan is like, come on people, this is the target. Come on, come on, come on, keep your eyes closed on them. You know, you know, they can start as just as, just put two spoons extra in the salt. That's enough. Just that's enough. Okay, just tell the husband to pick the color she does not like. That's enough. You know, and God is like, excuse me, hello? Trying to do something good here? You know, you have to be really careful. Because the Satan wants to destroy what God is trying to do in our life. And I'm going to quickly take us into three warfares that a family can go to. And how can we fight this battle for our families? For our families and people who are unmarried. It's very important that we understand this. Because when you go prepared, you still mess up your marriage life. That's okay. But it's very good because we can do this with the knowledge of Christ. Amen. Are you ready, church? The first warfare that I want to talk about is the spiritual attack of deception. The spiritual attack of deception. Let's turn our Bibles to Genesis chapter 3. And we're going to read uh, this passage from 1 to 7. All right? And I want you all to read this with me. And we're going to read this together. Unity, unity. All right? Let's go. When the serpent was more cunning than any beast, come on, unity people. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the women, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the women saw that the tree was good for food, it was pleased eyes and the tree desirable to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate. She also gave it to her husband and with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew what they were naked, and they sweet fig tree together and made themselves covering. All right. You see, the first spiritual warfare was launched right in the Garden of Eden, where the first marriage happened, where the first unity of God was displayed. And you can see how Satan brings in a spiritual attack. And if we see in the verse, um, you know, verse 2, verse 2, let's come to verse 2. It says, when the woman was walking, right, maybe she was having her me time. All right. When she was all by herself, Satan comes to her and he is asking, 
did god really say you should not eat it you know just asking not to say anything did god really say that you shouldn't eat all right i think that is something so evil so evil you know why i think it's a so evil because eve knows in her team okay for all the things that god has created she only has adam and she only has god right these are the only two people in her team to take care of the garden to live the life right and when god has given eve a command saying this is what you are supposed to do work the ground take care of the garden help adam and do not eat these two trees right and when satan is coming and stopping by and say hey just a minute i just have a clarification can we talk i think the mistake that eve did is not eating the fruit the mistake that eve would have done is stopping there to have a clarification to have a clarification to have a negotiation like huh maybe yeah let's talk about the command that god gave us let me tell you church when god has given a commission to our family when god has given a commission to us individually it is never debatable it is never negotiable we are never stopping to see if it is right or wrong the word of god we sit together we study we receive it and we understand but when god has given a vision for a family we never put it in a display and say let's talk about it that's why i said know your commander know your king i don't think even in any movies or in any war i've seen when the commander says something all the soldiers come together and go like this is what he said shall we follow it or no no as soon as they get their command they just run their separate ways and even if they are going to die they said i do not get, a, get another command the commander said you have to still keep fighting and i'm going to be fighting no time to talk and church the spiritual warfare comes in our lives where satan wants to deceive you satan's plan is not to make you walk in unbelief okay satan wants you to walk in wrong belief sacred family we are so strong in god's word it is impossible for us to not believe god exists or god can do things but satan can deceive us in a way that we can start walking in wrong beliefs in our own understanding because we have given our commission and our vision in the hands of people or the satan to say can we talk about this is there any way it can be modified it's not working out very well for my family amen and this is how a satan can come and break the unity in our families and you know what how we have to fight this you want to know yes fight it with the unity of integrity integrity each one of us are called to serve and build god's kingdom and we are his soldiers and you know the most important character of a soldier is to have integrity to be loyal to your work until the day we die to be obedient to the word of god until the day we die so when we are united as a family to say we are going to show loyalty to god's word and we are going to be committed to god's word 
I think we can overcome any kind of deception that the Satan is going to bring in our life. Do you want to say amen to that? Amen, amen. If we see 2 Corinthians chapter 10, from 4 to 5, it says, The weapon we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine powers to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and we pretensions that sets itself against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Amen. We are not here to just win arguments. God is saying, don't stop and argue. We are weak in certain ways or it is not something that we are called to do. God is saying, demolish that and keep walking. There is a difference between winning and demolishing. Winning has a set period of time. You work, you fight, and you don't know when you're going to win, but you're going to win. But what does demolishing mean? It's more like putting an end to it right there, right now, and you move forward. And God is saying, whatever deception the Satan is trying to bring in your life, do not sit there with your tea time or a coffee time with them and try to win them and win this argument in your head. Rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Demolish it and bring it to the obedience to the word of God. Amen. Husbands and wives, we have this commission over us. God has asked us to trample over things. God has asked us to overcome things and not to waste our time in, in arguing over God's word or God's vision over our life. The weapon for deception is your integrity. Can we help our children? Can we help our husbands? Can we help our wives to learn to be integrity? There should be integrity in, in, in our commitment to God's word. And our second uh, warfare that Satan can bring is a spiritual warfare of exhaustion and disturbed spirit. We all go through this. Even if we are with our family or even if we are away from our family, we have spiritual exhaustion. We can really get frustrated. We can be disturbed. And this is a spiritual warfare. We feel like, oh, maybe I wasn't right. I wasn't, you know, holy enough. And I'm feeling spiritually down. That's a spiritual warfare. You're not supposed to be sad about it. But you are supposed to be fighting against it. Amen. Amen. We have to be waging war against it. And if we feel like any of a family member is feeling spiritually exhausted or even disturbed spiritually, you have to wear the armor to fight for them. Fight for them. And how does the spiritual exhaustion, how does spiritual disturbance come? Is through lies. It's through the perfect lies of the Satan. Amen. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 3 uh, where Verse 2, verse 2 it says, The women said to the serpent, You may eat from the tree in the garden, and you, uh, from the tree of the garden, but God did say, You must not eat from the fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. And verse 4 says, You will not surely die. The Satan, the serpent answered to the women, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. 
It is a perfect explanation. Beautiful. Satan does his job well, guys. He's a father of lies. Some lies can look so perfect. You know? But how we compare it to see if that's what God has told us? That's where the lie starts. And the evil might feel and Eve might have felt like, oh, okay. I feel a bit disturbed here. Really? Do you think God lied to us then? I thought he loved me. Right? There is, the, there is a spiritual disturbance because we fall for the little lies of the Satan. And when we are not strong with God's word, it is so easy for us to fall for the smallest of lies of the Satan. The smallest lies of the Satan. And this is why as a church and even this is why as pastors we encourage the families to read God's word. It is not an excuse. It is not a choice. It is not a choice because when we do not read God's word, when we don't make ourselves strong in God's word, you know, when these kind of lies or when these kind of arguments come, we step into a shoe of partial obedience. Partial obedience. We choose where we can obey. We choose how we can obey. We choose as a family, okay, let this is the word of God. Let's follow it like this. Nah, uh, uh. There is nothing called partial and there's no word called a cho choosing your obedience. Obedience is obedience. When God's word says A to Z, it is A to Z. Amen. So as a church, we have to be united in our spirit. We have to be united in our spirit in our families. If one person has a whole different idea about God's word, another person has a whole different idea about God's word, then I think the family has to come together, sit together, learn God's word. And this is why we say come to church together as a family. Because we have to be united in our spirit. Because we'll be wasting time debating about it. I don't feel okay about it. And then the husband will go like, no, it's actually, you know, like this. No, in my spirit, I don't feel like that. There is no two spirits. God created a man and a woman in the same spirit. The same breath of God. We might look different. We might be diverse in what God has created. But God has put the same spirit in a man and a woman. And as a family, we have to be united in our spirit, including our children. And that's why in KCC, we make sure our children also learn what we are learning. Every series that we do, they also learn. Because even our children are supposed to be united with us in our spirit. Amen. So that we don't fall for the lies of the Satan. I believe this thing. Husbands, never take anything to your family or never make decisions before you take it to God. And wives, never take anything to your husbands or your children before you take it to God. Amen. As, as God has given the responsibility of making decisions and saying, you know what, you can choose. As a head of the family, you can choose. Men, never be deceived to just go ahead and take our decisions, but always take it to God. You know, whenever I read uh, this chapter, I always feel like, Eve, you could have just asked. You could have just asked God once. I would have been in the garden. Why didn't you ask? You have a team. In a marriage, the team is God, the man, and the women. 
the triangle the triangle of trinity where whatever decision lies in front of us we go to god and with god we go to our spouse amen same way wives go to god and through with god we go to our husbands and that's where we can make spiritual decisions and not be deceived by the lies of the satan amen put on the belt of truth and the truth will set you free amen when you united in spirit when we as a family are meditating on god's word when we are doing it as a family we are getting strengthened spiritually and church i want to encourage you in our family if one person is spiritually lacking don't condemn them don't take it as a burden to say ah my son is not up to the mark i read five chapters a day he's only reading one chapter a day my wife she only prays for 5 minutes i pray for half an hour and 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 spiritually i don't see faith in them i am struggling there is a burden for me pray for me i'm sorry we don't want to pray for you we want you to go and help them because you have to be spiritually united church if we decide to fight for our families even if it's going to exhaust us even if it's going to take our time we are going to go invest our time on our children and our spouse so that they can also be spiritually empowered spiritually empowered don't let them don't leave them lacking behind help them to read god's word you know come back to your uh, you know uh, you know change plans come up with ideas on how to encourage them to be spiritually empowered spiritually stay united and when you are united in your spirit we can rebuke and overcome every lies of the satan every lies of the satan because lies have destroyed so many families lies have destroyed so many marriages and it's just because of one lie of the satan that people started attacking each other when they had to attack the satan through god's word amen Are you with me church? Amen. And I'm going to talk about the last identity, uh, the last warfare that is the warfare of identity. This is the major, you know, uh warfare or major problem every family is go through is the identity that they hold in their marriages. Especially between uh husband and wives, you know, they don't know who they are. and they don't know who their spouse is i'm not talking about the general knowledge like she is the woman i am the man i go work she cooks or she can also uh, work because it's a modern family okay no i'm not talking about the general basic idea about knowing who a woman and a man is or we still look at people in the fallen identity women uh, you know they are so weak she fell for the lie of the satan man you fell for your lie of the wife fallen you both are you know the old identity don't believe women they are deceiving you know sure men you have to be strong in your mind don't fall for that woman You know that's the fallen identity but church can we take ourselves or your identity back before the fall You know your identity was to be inclined with God's spirit a man was equipped to carry God's vision a woman was equipped to help the man to carry the vision 
you know in identity uh, even in my marriage uh, uh, you know they said the man shall not be alone can we go to that uh, uh, verse where genesis chapter 2 verse i'm not bringing my personal issues here uh, but <laughs> can we go there can we go there um, you know it says genesis chapter 2 verse 18 here and the lord said Uh, the, and the lord god said it is not good that man should be alone i will make him a helper compared to him comparable to him i've highlighted the word helper right so the identity of a woman is not to just come and fill my loneliness marriage is not a loneliness breaker or 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 something that removes the loneliness of in a man or a woman even after marriage you feel lonely people my husband has traveled alone only now right you know it's not a loneliness breaker you know adam don't take the offense in this okay listen carefully okay adam was not alone just adam was not fit enough to finish god's work as for you have to be loved come on <laughs> so god felt like adam i've given you everything you're good but you are alone not enough to do this you know what so i'm going to bring you an awesome helper all right so the why he was not just to break his loneliness but she was there equipped to make sure he is equipped to do God's work and that's the identity church that's the identity god has given each one of us a mission and a vision and husbands carry their vision wives we are equally we are created to equip them to strengthen them to empower them amen and you know when in couple seminars they do this thing all women uh, come to one room all men go to one room we are going to empower you we are going to teach you who you are but this morning uh, i want us to learn who your spouse is i think we have to learn more about others we have to learn more about you know if you're a wife try to learn more about your husband if you're a husband try to learn more about your wives you know what that is going to help our marriage and our family to be strengthened and you know what i did i browsed i did some researches and this morning we're going to celebrate the strength of men right and we're going to celebrate the strength of women i'm going to tell us who we are who we are created divinely so that we will understand our opposite gender or we will understand our spouse so that we can be united in love so that we can together you know enhance and we can build God's kingdom are you ready are you ready i'm going to read out about men you know it was one of the challenging thing for me i was like god like really you know but i had to submit All right and this is true and I'm going to do ask for ask the ladies to one thing and I'm go, as I'm going to call out these points about men and who they are and what they are called to I want you to clap for them All right we're going to clap we're going to encourage and we're going to accept the fact that they are that Right ladies are you ready Are you ready shall we encourage the men in the room this morning Okay here we go the first one bit painful one but the first one men God desired men first. It was men who were first in God's design. 
all right god loves us equally but it was men who were created first and they were the desires of god and the second point is men are naturally more committed to a given mission ladies come on come on come on and this is true okay i'm not just google this from wikipedia no 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 you know i went through some verses on how god has created men to be and it is amazing and hats off to all the men who are committedly working for god god has kept in our life so ladies give them a good clap okay men are audacious in making sacrifices okay women also make sacrifices but men are audacious men are audacious come on ladies come on ladies come on men are audacious in making sacrifices okay men are created as natural leaders and they are quick to adapt to servant leadership ladies i'm getting very disappointed with you right men are natural leaders even if your boss doesn't call you a leader you come home you are the leader all right and you know what the best part about you you are so equipped to immediately become a servant leader okay not just practically that a man can leave his identity to come home and serve his wife and his children men are naturally equipped to do that yes and some ladies are happily clapping because it's true it's true i can't clap because i'm holding the mic but it's true okay men the next point are you ready ladies okay men are natural providers they are called to provide amen it's a commission that is upon them and we look up to them because they are providers they will do anything to provide for the need of the family amen we know there are working women these days you know but we should never forget men are equipped to provide for their families and we can look up to them we can look up to them all right and this is a bit you know unspoken thing but i'm going to say it out it is very cute about men can i say it okay men are more sensitive to the tone of your voice men are more sensitive to the tone of your they won't say it but when a wife immediately changes her tone there is like padak <laughs> they might be standing so strong I'm not going to cry. But why did you change your tone? You know, they are more sensitive. They can immediately discern the change of tone. You know, that's why you know when men are in business or they immediately say why the empl- employee is actually, you know, if there's a change of tone, they can immediately discern it. Men are more sensitive to the tone of voice than ladies. Okay, they are more said to I mean sensitive to the tone uh, of of your voice. So can we uh, you know not change our tone to them? Yeah can we not break their hearts you are naturally equipped like this don't take take it for shock it is true all right okay i'm going to read the last one too much about men already all right okay okay this is a nice one okay men are naturally created to handle pressure physically and mentally okay clap for them that's true okay they can handle pressure when it's physical and mental You know it is true men go through more mental pressure than ladies we do. 
Alright? It is true, in coming ages, women are coming out, we are becoming stronger, we are being independent, and we have to, you know, handle all the social evils and, and all that happening around. But men also equally go through mental pressure, and they handle it so well. And they handle it so well. Right, because they gotta be strong for their family and they are handling things in their mind and they're doing a great job. Can we clap for them? They're amazing in handling pressures. And last one, okay, I have to say this. Men are amazing in long-term goals. Men do a very good job in long-term goals. They set long-term goals and they keep their eyes on this. And I think that's why Satan did not try it on Adam. Maybe Adam had a, he is, he is a person who set his eyes on a long term saying, I'm only going to look at the ground, sow the seed, reap, I'm going to take care of the animals, everything. He's a long term goal setter. But he was like, let me try a little bit of this. <laughs> I don't know what happened there, I'm just saying it in my head. You're amazing goal setters. So kudos to all men out there. We appreciate who you are. And this is who we are. Women, can we take this back home as well and, and, and look at our husbands this way? Can we, can we like try to see them with this personality hereafter? You know, it's hard, but can we try? Yeah. All right. Now it's time for all the ladies. Okay, men, get your hands ready. Clap for them as I read this out. Okay. Okay, men can be natural leaders, but women are the ones who raise the leaders. We are the ones who birth leaders. We are the ones who train them. And it says, you know, the second point is coming, okay? A woman's influence is more stronger than a man's influence. <laughs> Arunana is like ready. Say anything, I'll clap. <laughs> Women's influence is more stronger than a man's influence. If a woman thinks, it can happen. Don't make her think. <laughs> That's why men have to be busy always keeping your wife's mind busy, you know. Don't, don't let them think on their own. They can influence. We are strong influencers. And that's an amazing thing. Can we use that to influence our family and God's kingdom? Yeah, that's amazing. And women are natural nurturers, you know. We can nurture anything. We can nurture anything. We can give birth to a baby and immediately feed it. How awesome is that, right? You know, you give a baby to a man and, huh, you know, I don't want to say anything from my experience on, you know, but Zion is turning four, you know, by the grace of God. And the grace of my husband sometimes, you know. So men cannot nurture things very well as women do. We immediately come up. You know, one day I was, okay, okay, I have to say this out because this ring really, you know, irritated me. One day um, I, I went for, I went for um, you know, a trip and I was in Chennai or somewhere. And then uh, I did a video call at 8 o'clock in the morning. I want to see Zion, okay. And... and uh, Zion was like uh, saying, hi, mommy, how are you? And immediately I noticed that there was like white cream on her face. 
You know, there was like full white cream on her face. And then I said, Zion, what happened? It's 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh, did you have your breakfast? And she said, yes, mommy, I had my breakfast. She was super hyped, all right? And then she said, yes, mommy, I had my breakfast. And then, and then I said, Zion, what did you have? And Pastor Sam was trying to take the phone from her. And Zion is shouting, ice cream. Literally, ice cream, 8 o'clock in the morning for breakfast. <laughs> Ladies, we are so awesome. We will come up with anything to make yummy food <laughs> for our children. <laughs> right? I don't know about other husbands. I'm talking for my own. So we are natural nurturers, okay? So again, shall we clap for the ladies in the hall here? <laughs> Amen. All right, I'm going to read two more. One, the other one is, women are quick to see and meet the need of the family. All right, they will immediately see the need and they will address it. Husbands, we do. We see the basic needs and we, you know, you immediately get things ready. But when a child needs something immediately or when a husband needs something, they discern it even before they ask. And they will cater to that, right? So wives, amazing, all right? And women are strong in their willpower than men. Women are very strong in their willpower. When you desire for something, when you determine to do something, we get it done. We get it done. If you take the process of giving birth to a child, your body goes through so many stages. And you know the pain. And you know the suffering. But we will do anything to get the baby out safe and well. Right? And anything. And I've seen families, women go on their knees. My mom has done brutal things for me. She was so willpowered that I wouldn't have any boyfriend or girlfriend in my college days. So she will go on her knees like, And she'll immediately go on and like, God, there should be no guys who likes Jamie. God, God. Uh, she would even pray on me, Lord, I pray that no men will set eyes upon her. I'm like, God. <laughs> yes, I couldn't find proper boyfriend or girlfriend. And it's because of my mom, her willpower. She was like, no. You know? So women are strong in their willpower. If you determine, ladies, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. All right, that's enough for women. <laughs> so you see how God has beautifully created each one of us? And when you identify this beautiful nature of your spouse, and when you identify these things about yourselves, let me tell you, no matter how your family is, though you're living in a bungalow or a rented house or a small house, you and your wife, or your wife or you as a husband, you will be walking into your house knowing I am the king and she is my queen. And the wife will know I am the queen and he is my king. There is no clashes in that. There is no fight against that. And we will treat each other that way. And the Bible has a big commission for husband and wife. The commission is to love your wife and women to respect your husband, right? And when we know our identity well, it will change in a way that we don't just read this verse and look at the wife like, see, respect me. And wife won't go like, see, you love me. 
we won't be saying that anymore because women will stand up and say i my husband respects me i know that because he does it in a way that i know that i'm respect i mean loves me did i just mess up the whole bible verse i think our wives have to say how much my husband loves me then husbands keep saying i love you please understand i love you and why and husbands have to you know come in a way to say i know my wife respects me because the wife does it in a way that he knows and understands it i think we have to be more expressive about knowing who you are and we have to be more expressive in acknowledging who your spouse is it is very very important you know love them the way that they can understand respect the way respect them in the way that they can understand don't say respect is in my heart let it be there your husband can't see your heart you know shall we show respect to them in the way that they will understand and feel respected and men stop saying i don't understand romance i don't know how to do love take little effort take little eff- effort all right when your wife comes out with a normal haircut just tell them wow wow you know ah, so loved you know, this is beautiful i love you so much you know so make sure you they know that you love them i don't know what joke is happening there <laughs> bad minds you know shall we express it in a way and how can you overcome the warfare of identity is when you united in love unity in love and respect when you know that you love them and as your children watch us as a as as a couple grow like this when they learn that when they be spiritually empowered when they know how amazing god is that they have created their amma and appa in such a beautiful way you know i don't want children to come and say my amma is very angry she is always you know my appa is like this you know they have their weakness they are this and they are that it's okay that our pet children can see our weakness but can our children come and say you know what my mom has a very strong will power my dad says that to me and you know what my dad is the head of the family we respect him so much when he talks nobody talks you know we follow that in our family you know i don't want to go into this topic but i want to say it out ladies don't fall for feminism don't fall for feminism i understand women have to fight for their rights i support that but feminism have taken a wrong route where we feel like we don't need men in our life that's wrong that's wrong and we can be independent we can be confident but can we be confident to be submissive confidence is not just boasting up your chest and looking at men like that and like look at me no or in marriage it's not like husband i don't need you okay you know i can do things by myself that's not confidence if you're confident you can be submissive can we be submissive and also be strong being strong is not just about you know throwing fist against men but confidence about saying i can be humble at the same time i can actually do something great i can obey my husband at the same time i can give my opinions you know can we be that generation ladies don't fall for that 
And men, just because we are, you know, because you are uh, the head of the family, it's not that we cannot give our ears to women. God is saying, can you be a servant leader? Can you come in the family and say, hey, I want to listen to your ideas. Can you tell me? Hey, my children, I, daddy has this plan. Can you talk to me about this? And as they all give their opinion, can you take it to the Lord? Can you pray about this? Can you consider your wife and your, uh, and your children? And the more you do that, your wife is going to fall for you. Very attractive when a man comes and says, what do you think? You know? All these are practical things that we can do as a family to grow. Amen. Can I hear a louder amen? Amen. amen. Let's look at each other in the identity that God has created us. Let us let's all turn our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4 from 2 to 6. Can we have it on the screen please? Ephesians chapter 4 from 2 to 6. Can we all read this out loud, church? Can we read this out loud together? With all loneliness and gentleness and long-suffering, bearing with one another, another in love, enduring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above and through all and in you all. Amen. A family has to be in all gentleness, in all lovingness, in all kindness, so that you will nurture, grow together, and you will see the blessings of God. What makes a family sacred is in a place in which who believes together who lives together in a particular family to love and nurture one another so God may be born in there and made present to the different members within the family. A spiritual family will make sure God is birthed in every situation. Church, we should not go like, I am a Christian, I am a Christ-based family, so whatever I do, I know God is here, so I'm just going to go ahead and do. No, Christ has to be birthed in every decisions we make. God has to be present and birthed in every scenario in our life. Do not create problems and say, God, come and do something. I've created a mess. Can we say, God, I want to birth Christ characters here. I want to birth God characters here. God, can you be birthed in this decision? Can you be here? And when we do that, trust me, people who are unreached in our families or even outside will be reached. Will be reached. Christ will be birthed in every heart of our family members. And that's how children are influenced. Children can, act, children can accept Christ at their very young age when we birth Christ in our decisions in our talks, in our love for our spouse. Thank you for listening to our sermon today. Hope it was a blessing for you as well as your family. If you would like to support our ministry, you can do so by visiting kingcitychurch.org forward slash give. And we will meet you next week with another inspiring sermon. God bless you.